Thank you, Tone. Tone's been working really hard on this stuff. I'm very grateful for all the work uh, her team has been putting in. Uh, I, before we go into our service, tomorrow is Veterans Day, and I thought it would be appropriate to ask our veterans to stand, and I'd love to pray over you. So if you're a veteran, would you please stand? Let us give you a big round of applause. Stay standing. Let's pray. Lord God, you are the God of peace, and we pray, holy God, for those who have served our nation and have laid down their lives for peace. We pray for those who've followed in your footsteps, offering their lives to serve others. <coughs> we pray for those whose spirits and bodies have been scarred by the horrors of war, whose nights are haunted by memories too painful for light of day. We pray for those who have served in big ways and behind the scenes in important ways. We pray for those who serve us now who might be in harm's way. We pray you would shield them from danger and bring them home. We pray you would turn the hearts and minds of our leaders and our enemies to the work of your justice and the harvest of Christ-like shalom. May the peace you left us, Jesus, the peace you gave us, be the peace that sustains us and them, the peace that saves us and them. Christ Jesus, hear us. Lord Jesus, hear our prayer. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you all. We're not going to be doing Q&A this morning. Uh, we do Q&A quite a bit. If you're a visitor here, uh, we will be doing it next week and the following week after that. Um, we want to end a little bit early. I'm, uh, that's my goal. I won't promise it. I'm a pastor. You just never know. Uh, but the goal is we get out of here so you have time to go to the Go Fair. Uh, speaking of the Go Fair, we have just spent about five, six weeks talking about Go. Here at Faith Covenant Church, we say we are a family of grace. Uh, making disciples of Jesus from generation to generation. And the way we do that is we gather together, we grow together, and then we go serve together. For 2,000 plus years, the apprentices of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, have been called to go and make disciples and serve the least of these, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the sick, and the imprisoned through word and deed. And I'll bet everyone in this room thinks Christians should go and serve. I mean, even if you're a dyed-in-the-wool atheist and someone dragged you here this morning, you're only here because you're going out to lunch afterwards, you probably also agree that if Christians are Christians, they should go and they should serve the least of these. And I'll bet everyone in this room has a desire to financially help the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the sick, the imprisoned. I mean, ask yourself, if you were able, would you be willing to invest and help the least of these in this world? Most of us, if able, would say, yes, absolutely, I would, I would want to do that. Okay, great. So... What's going to turn collective desire into actual action? Uh, we're going to pray before we head into our text today, but the big deal is turning our desire that we all share 
into actual action. And we're going to pray using the prayer we use in Discovery Bible Experience. Just so you know, if you're new to Faith Covenant Church, you're looking for a, an easy way to build relationships with others and grow in God's Word, come Wednesday night to, uh, at 6.30 to Discovery Bible Experience. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's pray this prayer together. This is right out of Psalm 119, actually. Let's pray it out loud. Lord, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. You made me, you created me, now give me the sense to follow your commands. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you may be seated. This will be kind of fun. Are you familiar with the tiny house movement? Yeah, any, any tiny house uh, uh, kind of YouTube junkies? You're just watching tiny house videos all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if, it's a very curious phenomenon right now in our country. People who once, once upon a time longed for a suburban McMansion uh, are now longing for the exact opposite, a teeny tiny house. <laughs> People who once uh, longed for a big Footprint are now longing for a small footprint. People who once wanted to say yes to 6,000 square feet are now saying yes to 600 square feet. Why? What gives? Well, I think a number of us in our culture are uh, wanting to make the obvious confession. I have too much stuff. And if you're a note taker, that's why those underlines are there. Uh, we have notes on the back of our worship folder. Yeah, we have too much stuff, everybody. Get this, a New York Times magazine, magazine article reported on the following statistics for the U.S. self-storage business. The United States now has enough self-storage space, so it's now, quote, physically possible that every American could stand all at the same time under the total canopy of self-storage roofing in our country. Whoa. The United States has upward of 51,000 storage facilities, more than seven times the number of Starbucks. 50% of storage renters store stuff that wouldn't fit in their homes, even though the size of the average home has more than doubled over the past 50 years. 15% of customers of the Self-Storage Association said that they were storing items they, quote, no longer need or want. Just a reminder, you pay monthly for this. Another article noted uh, that the volume of self-storage units in this country could fill the uh, Hoover Dam with old clothing, skis, and keepsakes more than 26 times. Let's face it, America, most of us have way too much stuff. Now, my task this morning is for each of us to buy a tiny house. No, just kidding. Um, but my task is to help us simplify, and we're going to use Luke 12, uh, verses 16 through 21, uh, to, to help us. If you would, please, please, pretty please, turn there, grab a Bible. There's one in front of you, or else look on your phone. You might have a Bible app. Turn there. And once you get there, we're going to journey through this text, kind of verse by verse, let it unfold for us. I'm going to give you the context 
of this passage, Jesus, who's a rabbi, if you ever look in the, in the Bible and, it said, and, it's, and someone addresses Jesus as teacher, they're essentially saying rabbi. A rabbi is a teacher. Jesus was a rabbi, son of God, uh, savior of the world, but also a teacher. So someone in this crowd says to, D, to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, why would someone shout that? Well, I think it would be fair to say they want a fair cut of the pie, right? Of the inheritance. Fair enough. Could it also be they, just like everyone else on the face of the planet, wouldn't mind a little more stuff? Jesus sees this. He knows our hearts. And he sends up a warning shot. He says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possession. What's he saying? He's saying, time out, danger, danger, Will Robinson. Life does not consist in stuff. And then he tells this parable, a short story to illustrate a point. Verse 16, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, hmm, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now, if we stop right there, just for a second, just so you know, this is not an evil situation, his abundance. Abundance is not evil in and of itself. Stuff is not evil. Stuff is just stuff. The point here is the man has a dilemma. He has an ethical decision to make. He has too much stuff. He has no place to store it. So he comes up with a self-storage solution. Build bigger barns. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. The solution, build bigger barns for the stuff. And at this point in the story, this story really has not gone off the moral track. It certainly would not make sense, for example, for this person who has all this surplus of grain, for him not to do something with it so it doesn't just sit there and go bad. He needs to do something. The plan is not the problem here. The problem is the heart. I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to build some bigger barns so I can enjoy my stuff. Verse 19. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And isn't it true? We strive for an abundance of stuff because we believe that abundance of stuff will help us enjoy life more. I get it. We strive for stuff so I can eat, so I can drink, so I can be merry. I, 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 me, me, me. The surplus is not the problem here. The problem is the me, me, me. Let's face it. When our abundance is only for us, our abundance is only greed. Verse 20, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? 
Who's going to get what you prepare for you? I'll tell you who. You. <laughs> Unless you prepare it for somewhere else, someone else, it's just going to serve you. And you got to hand it to this guy. He's very intentional. He's intentionally managing his stuff to serve his purposes. Why is that a problem? Well, when we store up stuff for self, we are misdirecting someone else's riches. Verse 21, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Question. I think the main question of this parable, are you rich toward God? It's a fascinating question, isn't it? Am I rich toward God? Hmm. What would that look like? Would we like to be rich toward God? Think about, you know, right now, I'm not, I'm not asking you, are you rich toward, you know, some great megachurch ministry or even faith covenant church? I'm asking, are you rich toward God? What would it look like? What, would it be appealing to you to be rich toward the mission of Jesus, the Savior of the world? Would it be, uh, would it encourage your heart? Would it give you more joy to participate and be rich toward the one who is found in the hungry, the thirsty, the sick, the imprisoned, the stranger? Would you like to be rich toward God? Hmm. If so, what would it change what, what change would you have to make to become more rich toward the mission of Christ? See, the problem is not the riches. It's really not. The problem is this guy's rich toward self, and he's not rich toward God. Let's start here. If we want to make a change, if we, would, if we want to turn desire into action, let's start with identity. You've heard me say before, when you know who you are, you know what to do. It's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> when you know who you are, you know what to do. Why do I like that sentence so much? It's because our decisions are most likely born out of who we think we are. In our culture, we're often told our identity is consumer or our identity is owner. Is that fundamentally who we are? Well, no. Uh, our Bible actually tells us something different about who we are. Uh, I'm a steward. I'm not an owner. Yeah, it's right out of the Scriptures. When you know who you are, you know what to do. What's a steward? A steward is someone who stewards, who manages, who cares for someone else's stuff. We look at our stuff and we say, mine. God looks at it and says, I'm sorry, actually, that's not true. That's mine. <laughs> Psalm 24, 1. Let's read it together. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. Our stewardship identity crisis is something that humanity has struggled with from day one. We have an identity crisis. Uh, if, I, if you would, I'd like you to go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy for a second. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verses 10 through 18. The context here 
is a warning to the Hebrew children uh, who have just spent about 400 years as slaves in Egypt. God is bringing them into the land that He promised to them, the promised land. But what God says to them is something that is important for us to remember. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws and decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you, when you eat and are satisfied, when you, get this, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Skip down to verse 17. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Think about it. Your ability to produce wealth is not your ability to produce wealth. It's not, uh, according to the Scriptures. Your ability to produce wealth is given by God. And the nature of a gift is that it didn't belong to you before you got the gift, before it was given. Um, I'm guessing everyone here is very, very smart, and you're all creative. Where did this creative genius come from? <laughs> well, it wasn't me and it wasn't you. It's all from God. Thus, your gifts are designed for a missional purpose, right? To love God and love others fundamentally. If we were to retell today's parable with that in mind, what might it sound like if this guy was actually aligning his purposes with the purpose of God? So hang with me for a second. What I want to do is I just want to flip this parable and turn it on its head just a little bit. Uh, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So, he prayed to the Lord his God, Lord, what shall I do? I have no place to store your crops. Do you see the shift? It's just a subtle, subtle shift. Suddenly, his abundance is not his abundance. It's God's abundance. Disciples, followers of Jesus know that everything is given by God and everything is owned by God. If we continue to flip it, then he said, Lord, this seems prudent. I will tear down my barns. Interesting, same strategy here, and build bigger ones, and there I will store your grain so others might benefit from your abundance. I will steward your resources so others might have enough, Lord. For all I've been given is to be used for God's glory. Then God said to him, my child, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Interesting, this same thing happens there. You know, at some point God says to everyone on the face of the planet, you know, this is the day you're going to die. Uh, the, our days are numbered according to God. So everyone's going to have that time when the Lord says this is the day. But look, look what happens if we flip it. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Come and take your inheritance, the kingdom of God, 
prepared in advance for you since the creation of world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. You stewarded your resources so the least of these brothers and sisters of mine might have enough. You see what I did here, of course? I took a portion of the passage from Matthew 25 that we've been studying for the last month, and we just tied it in here. Why? Because you can't serve the least of these well unless you steward well that which the king has given you. So, we have a desire, and we want to turn that desire into action. So what is God calling you? to do, change, or pray about. It's a very simple message, kind of a nuts and bolts message today. One of the things we want to do over the next month is recognizing that most of us, not all of us, most of us have an abundance. Uh, How do we steward this well? And, And I'm being strategic here. We're heading into December where all of us just get a bunch more stuff. (laughs) And a lot of us head into December without an intentional plan to actually steward these resources well. Now, over the next weeks, there are going to be a couple things that I think will be helpful. Next week's message is going to be very intentional. Um, also next week, if you come to this service or the previous service, during both services, there's going to be a class. You'll see it in your worship folder. It's called uh, A Financial Life in Order. Uh, it's going to be offered by what is called Covenant Trust Company, which is a wing of our denomination. And uh, Eric Carlson is just going to come in, and he's going to help us think intentionally about how to steward our resources to get our, our life in order. You can take that class next week. Just show up, 9 o'clock or 10.30. I promise you, you will be edified by the experience. It's not going to be painful, all right? Secondly, uh, two weeks from now, I'm going to sit up here with a friend of mine who's a money coach, and we're just going to talk and take questions about what it means to be good stewards of God's resources. He's not going to be selling anything. We're just going to talk. Today, though, I I want to be very simple. Um, I just want to charge us with some decluttering. In fact, this is your take-home declutter. How do you declutter something? Well, you look at your closet, you look at your storage unit, you look at your garage, whatever it is, and you take inventory and you say, no, I don't need that anymore. Yes, I need that. And everything, everything you said no to, give it to someone in need. Okay? Simple. Your parents Your spouse, your boyfriend or girlfriend, they will all be very happy that you declutter this week. But uh, I'm going to ask you to to declutter one more thing. I'm going to challenge you this week to declutter your checking account. Here's why. If you're anything like me, you signed up for something six months or two years ago and you don't even know they're still pulling money out of your account. If you go through your account with a fine-tooth comb, you will discover there's a bunch of stuff that you're paying for that you've forgotten you're paying for. It is good stewardship to go through that account with that fine-tooth comb and discover, oh, wow, so-and-so's still pulling money out of for X, Y, or Z? I'm going to take that money, which I've been living with every, uh, take, uh, I've been living with every month, forgetting about. I'm going to take that money, and I'm going to use it for God's resources. 
Okay? I'm going to use it for God's mission. Uh, that's all I'm asking you to do. I'm going to bet, if, if every one of us did that, I'll bet each of us could come up with at least $20. I'll bet a lot of us could come up with over $100. And then I'm going to challenge you. Use it for God's resources. Some of you, I'll give you uh, some possibilities here. Uh, some of you really have a desire to begin the journey of tithing to your local church. I know for a lot of my adult life, I was like, I want to tithe, but I don't know how. So a lot of us, we were like, I don't have enough, so I'm not going to give anything. No, start the journey. Go through with that fine-tooth comb. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's a very negative image right there. Uh, go with, with a fine-tooth comb. And, <laughs> and, and then take... Maybe take those resources and say, I'm going I'm to give, I'm going to start here. I'm going to give that money to church every, every uh, month. Another option, um, if you look in the seat pocket in front of you, there is a transform uh, envelope there. Let me inform you what that is. Um, if you're new here, you may not know that over a year ago, we renovated this floor of the building. And a number of us made a commitment that over three years we would give to the Transform campaign. And so if you've been giving, thank you so much. If you've gotten behind, now is an opportunity to get back on track. Or if you're new and you want to begin to give, this is an opportunity to begin to give. Some of you, maybe, another option, we've been talking about sponsoring a World Vision child, and you've thought, I don't know how to do that. I don't have enough money. I'll bet by the time you go through this, you're going to find enough money to be able to sponsor a World Division child or any number of the uh, wonderful ministry go-fair opportunities out there. The reality is each dime God has given us, he wants us to steward well and responsibly. All I'm asking is go through and see what's there. Because it'd be a shame if you're letting money fly out the window to places you don't really think it should be flying out to anymore. Yeah? Simple task. So simple, I'm going to be quiet for 20 seconds, and I'm going to ask you to put it on your calendar. When will you do this this week? Starting now. Put it on your calendar or write it on your worship folder. I'll stop there. We average on a weekly service somewhere around um, 340 adults. All right. Somebody, 20 times 340, anyone? What is it? Lee, what is it? What? 6,800. What if, thank you, what, what if everyone in this room found 20 bucks monthly? That would be 6,800 bucks, at least, that could be stewarded toward kingdom purposes. It's not a bad thing. That'd be actually good news for some other people. Let's pray. 
Lord, you are the giver of life. You are the source of everything. And we are reminded that it all belongs to you. The earth is yours and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to you. We know, God, it is from your hand that we have received all we have. Gracious and loving God, we understand that you have called us to be stewards of your resources, caretakers of all you have, in, you have entrusted to us. Help us always to use your gifts wisely and teach us to share them generously. May our faithful stewardship bear witness to the love of Christ in our lives. May the way we give look like the way you give to us. God, we are grateful that we get to be identified as givers. We pray this with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us. This will be a fun journey this month. Um, hope you go and check out every ministry in the Go Fair. Last week, I challenged everyone, what's your go? I hope you leave here with a go. Uh, also, if you are a parent and you have a young person in children's ministry, please go get your young person before you go to the Go Fair. We're going to have some people down here up front who would love to pray for you for anything that's on your heart and mind. I'm going to ask all of us to stand I'm going to give you our closing charge. And if you're new to Faith Covenant Church, Jill and I, we're going to be out at the welcome tables, the blue high tops. We'd love to greet you and give, us, give you a shameless free gift. <laughs> so now go. As you have been fed, go feed the hungry. As you have been set free, go set free the imprisoned. As you have received, now give. As you have heard, now proclaim, and the blessing which you have received from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may that blessing go with you always as a child of God, as one who is in Christ. Go now in peace, following in the footsteps of Jesus, to love and serve the Lord and His world. Amen. Have a great week.